Hey y'all, so it's Valor here again, and today I am going to be doing this podcast for the S27, I think, Championship Week, or Ultimus Week, whatever you prefer, and this is Task 1, where I am going to be reviewing uh, the S27 Championship Playoffs. Or better known as the Ultimus. We got to figure out how each team got here. So we're going to have to, of course, pull up the index. Wait one second as I try to pull it up. And yes, I'm trying to talk low because just want to get that little ASMR vibe going. Where's the index? Here's the index. So, we had to discuss throughout the league. So, it was actually coming down to the final week for most teams to get in the playoffs. Colorado and Honolulu tied each other in the final week. Yellowknife, the defending champion, was eliminated after they got destroyed in Philadelphia. And finally, Honolulu, probably the surprise of the season, posting a record of 11-4-1 to not only get in their first playoff appearance, but a first-round bye as well. They were joined by Arizona, making their second playoff appearance of this recent years. As... They lost to blow it a 21-3 lead to San Jose and S25. And New Orleans is back after coming up short in the S26 Ultimus. Meanwhile, over in the NSFC side, we got Sarasota having the best record in the league, 12-4. They did have a point differential tiebreaker over Chicago, who also is 12-4. So, both of those teams were in. And finally, just barely outlasting each other, Colorado gets into the playoffs with a 10-5-1 record. Uh, This is their first playoff appearance in a season as they made the S25 Ultimus but got absolutely embarrassed by San Jose. As we move on to the cycle here, the playoff games. Uh, we begin with Colorado versus Chicago in the wild card round. So, we have the first score of the game. Beam being at 12, 12 minutes in, we have uh, Sam sidekick kicking back-to-back field goals. Those were the only scores of the first quarter, giving Chicago an early 6 nothing lead. However, that lead did not last very long, as Bafias Calavine drive down the field and found Raphael Delacour for a one-yard touchdown and gave... Colorado, a brief lead up by one. 
That lead lasted for about five minutes until Chicago took it back on a short kick. And just before half, Colorado took it back, which would eventually be, which would not be the eventual score as they were going to halftime with Colorado up by one. Chicago then briefly takes the lead back with a 43-yard field goal from sidekick. But this one lasts long, lasts for, for about 2 minutes and 59 seconds later. Caliban connect with Leroy Jenkins for a 38-yard passing touchdown to give Colorado's lead back into the game and the lead, this time up by 5. This was before in the fourth quarter, pretty much Colorado put the dagger in Chicago's throat with a 14-yard catch and run by William Lim. Chicago was down but not out. They did strike back with a 25-yard catch and run for Lucas Scavia to, to put him down by five. But, but the damage had already been done. Colorado had upset Chicago as Chicago has only been passed the first round once. And that and guess who they lost to? Oh, look, Colorado. They are 0-3 against them in the playoffs and seemingly are their kryptonite. Uh, taking over here, looking at the quarterback performances, Caliban had... Uh, actually, George O'Donnell had the better quarterback efficiency that game. He was 23 for 44, 239 yards. Averaging 5.4 yards per throw. He had a touchdown pick and had a passer rating of 66.4. Caliban had a bit of a decent game. 29 for 53 for 255 yards. Three touchdowns. But, however, through three interceptions, the only reason Chicago was still alive early was because of those turnovers. Both teams were unable to run to each other as they were both held to under 100 yards. However, in the receiving department, both sides were unable to shut down their secondaries. No real players stood out. Uh, maybe Sean O'Leary, who had seven catches for 97 yards. On the defensive end, the player who had the best day, in my, according to the index, is Melvin Murderboos, who really had a strong performance. Three tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble, and the fumble. It was a strip sack. That would set up a Colorado touchdown. Taking a look here. Uh, Chicago has not allowed a sack. However, Colorado did have one sack allowed. And it was by a bot. So their human OL held up. So did Chicago's. Looking at Chicago's defensive side. Osiris Firestorm Fjord had a really strong game. Eight tackles, four def- pass deflections, and two interceptions. 
You don't see two interceptions games that commonly. As Colorado punched their ticket to play Sarasota. We move in to the AFC wildcard game between Arizona and New Orleans. This was a high-scoring game. This post came pretty much dominated by New Orleans. As they had a massive lead early and didn't let go. Rockburns got the scoring started. However, that lead only lasted for about two more minutes. As Tom Tebow caught ball a tie game. Like I said, this game got out of hand early. And this is when the quarter when it was all New Orleans. It began with a pseudo-QB kick to give New Orleans the lead. Arizona would not lead for the rest of the game. They never led. They were only tied. Then touchdowns by Bronamer and the second run of the day for Rockburns. Put New Orleans up 24-7 at halftime. Despite a Palma touchdown, an extra field goal and a 26-yard catch and run by Mr. 42 pretty much put the game at 20 points. Exactly when the quarter change occurred, Arizona did put it within two, but a 62-yard catch and run by Ed Barker put the game away, effectively crushing Arizona's ultimate hopes and dreams. Slothlisberger had a completely flawless game. He went 34 for 51, 348 yards, three touchdowns, and a passer rating of 105.7. A really strong performance. Cortez kind of struggled a little bit. He did throw for 267 yards, two touchdowns, but he got picked off three times. So he got torched by Orleans' defense. If we take a look here at the run game, the Outlaws' run game got completely shut down as Nakamura only got 41 yards on 15 attempts, completely cutting off, meaning that Arizona had to rely on their, on their pass game, which they had some pretty good performances. Seven catches for 107 yards from Tyron Raymond. Only to get answered back by Ed Barker's performance. 10 for 113, for 133, I meant, and a TD, which turned out to be the dagger. On the defensive side, strong games by Mason Baylock, who had four pass tackles, two pass deflections, and two picks. Vincent Jones Jr., really strong game by him. Eight tackles, three tackles for loss. A sack and two pass deflections. On Arizona's side, Glazzy Perfect, another strong game from him, who had six tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble, and the fumble was recovered by him. If we take a look at O line here, they got hit by penalties on both sides, but 
style gave up the only gave up the only sack allowed of the game. We have our conference final set to be New Orleans and Honolulu, and Sarasota going against Colorado. We are. I'm just checking the time. We are about twelve minutes in. Uh, we'll speed this up quickly. Uh, we'll skip Sarasota, Colorado. Well, I'm going to briefly hop into it, actually. Uh, this game, let's just say it. Sarasota almost blew it. It got out of hand in the first quarter. After going, yikes. Strong game from Boss, who had 325 yards. Four touchdowns, no picks, 128.7 passer. Yeti had fumble problems all day. This game was mostly a defensive optional one. Colorado did fight back. However, they couldn't run on them. Neither team could run. As this game was basically defensive optional. We now put our focus to New Orleans and Honolulu. This game, despite the low score, was probably one that set the path for the ultimates. The winner had to play Sarasota, so... Yeah. Honolulu, after half, had a 9-3 lead. But this wasn't going to last long. As they were held to only few goals. Before in the third quarter, New Orleans broke the game open. Back-to-back touchdowns from Ed Barker and Brock Rondhammer. Honolulu, once again, only could manage field goals. Only to have a Mike Rockburn's touchdown to seal the game. And send Honolulu... To send Honolulu packing and New Orleans back in the Ultimus. Strong day for Slavisberger as he had 312 yards, two touchdowns at the pick, and 103 pass rating. Meanwhile, Honolulu struggled on offense as they could only manage 208 yards from Chika Fujiwara. And had picked off twice. They couldn't run. They couldn't pass. And they just let Ed Barker and Brock Hammer just do the rest. And of course their defense. Another strong game from Vincent Jones Jr. Two tackles, a sack, four pass deflections, and two picks. For Honolulu's side, the long interception was caught by Jim Waters. Daniel Labernay was a forced fumble machine, recover, forcing two fumbles. If one got recovered by him, the other got recovered by the O-line. And once again, human O-liners struggled. Except for the bots, even though Honolulu's bots are based off of South Park characters. Sacks were allowed by Kyle Berlowski and Eric Cartman. It makes me weird to say those two names as... Bots and not their actual South Park characters. <laughs> I'm going a bit off topic, so let's get back to it. 
We are about 15 minutes in. We are making pretty good time. And the moment we all waited for, the ultimus, or should I say, over by the second quarter, or basically this ultimus was over before it even started, as this was just simply dominated by Sarasota. New Orleans' run game got shut down as they couldn't run on them, only having 20 yards of running offense. And despite Ed Barker's 9 for 158 yards and TD, he got simply outdueled. Even though New Orleans threw for 319 yards of passing, they just had the run game cut off. And that's when Sarasota commanded the run game, and that's how they won. Started with Javarius Javantins getting a touchdown. Well, after by a Rapatilia John, 40-yard rushing touch. Pseudo-QB would get another pass on the board. And that's before a New Orleans shoots themselves in the foot by a scoop and score from Dexman Jackson. A rookie play. Scooping it up for 12 yards and returning it for a touchdown. At the half, it was 24-3, and New Orleans' hopes were going south. And yes, you saw at one point, Sarasota did go up 21-3, but scored to make sure they weren't up at that cursed score at halftime. It then goes to 27-3, before running back had a 44-yard run that probably just put the game away. As scoring would be obsolete until the aforementioned Ed Barker touchdown from Slaughlesberger. Taking a look at the stats, big day from Mike Boss Jr., who has been had the clutch gene all playoffs. 233 yards, a touchdown, and a 106 passer rating. Receiving nothing to mention, but we have to mention Rapatilia John here. 15 attempts for 91 yards and a touchdown. The big day from New Orleans is from Ed Barker, who had seven catch for had nine catches actually, 158 yards, 17.6 yards per catch, and a touchdown. Defensive wise, nothing to import of except medicinal Tyrone six tackle, one tackle loss, two sack game. Meanwhile, if we take a look this side, Dexman Jackson had three tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, fumble recovery that resulted in a TD. Surprisingly, no turnovers this game. Well, there was one, but it was a scooping score. It was a bad day for New Orleans' O-line as they gave up two sacks. And they, despite getting penalized for more yards by Sarasota, they managed to hang on. As their O-line hanged on and were able to protect Boss Jr. all day long. To the point, the championship had finally come to Sarasota. Congrats to them. 
as I have officially a few seconds left on this podcast, I would like to thank you, graders, for listening. Have a nice day. Wear your mask and keep your distance.